When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's win or go home. Raptors, Celtics, Scott Foster puts it in the air and Boston controls the opening tip. And look at Smart, just picked him. Van Vliet, oh, it's blocked by Tice. Here's shot clock at eight, Walker. Jumper is good, and a foul! Kemba Walker, a chance at three. Smart out, running two Raptors to the ball, and Marcus Smart will finish. That was just one guy making a better effort on a loose ball. And Tatum is fouled. Tatum went high for the rebound, got grabbed. Tatum now 7 of 9 from the free throw line. Now with Smart defending. Oh, it's blocked by Smart. What a play. That's it. That's a ball game. The Boston Celtics hang on to win game 7. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Some sounds and delights from Game 7 there to start this one off. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. We do have a special guest joining us today, Jake Eisenberg from the very excellent Backdoor Cuts Podcast. Jake, welcome, man. Thanks for coming on. Mate, thank you for having me. This is, I feel like this has been um, months, years in the making, the, the Aussie podcast crossover. Yeah, and I'm a fan of Backdoor Cuts. Like I listen to that regularly, um, right. so it's, it's really Thank it's a real you. pleasure to have you on. Thank you. I, I love the that there's so many Australians that are just so into into not only the NBA, but there seems to be a lot of Celtics fans as well. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, they, they seem to be popping up uh, more so in the wild as well in my day to day life, which is really yes. nice to see. The better, um, the better that Tatum and Jalen get, the more seem to be popping up, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Beats <laughs> yeah. the Kyrie bandwagon fans from yes, a couple of years ago. Hundred percent. A lot of those guys are gone, which is great. <laughs> it's nice to see. Well, we've got plenty to get to here today, including yes, the do. the look ahead to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat. But first, Game Seven that happened. Remember? Oh uh, man. Should we start with probably the most, like, the moment of the game, Marcus Smart with the LeBron chase down block oh. on, on Storm and Norman Powell? Was this the best play of Marcus Smart's career so far? I think it, I think it has to be. Hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, in the second round, game seven, the moment, the pressure, like, if he doesn't stop that Powell breakaway, the Celtics are tied, and they just haven't been able to get anything going for the last five, six, seven possessions. And yeah, that just leads to obviously the, the, the Grant Williams rebound and everything, all the craziness that ensued from there. But he saved us. And I think not only was it the, the play of his career, but it was the 
series of his career so far. Um, yeah. Without without him, I think Tatum was the best player in the for the Celtics in the series. But smart between bloody game two and the the block and the defense through all of the series was absurd. Yeah, he kind of out Kyle Lowry'd Kyle Lowry in the end there, especially with that play. It sort of was the culmination of, of that back and forth yeah. battle between the two. And he, he drew that late foul, uh, the fifth foul on Lowry as well with about three and a half minutes to go. Yeah. Um, just amazing. It's such a Marcus Smart game and such a Marcus Smart series. He had three steals in that game. Jalen mm-hmm. had four for seven of the the Raptors' 18 turnovers there. Um, but really just left his mark um, on the series there and, and sent the Raptors home with their tails between their legs. As a, a Reddit user, Coast of Maine, who posted on the subreddit, I've been watching the Celtics since the 70s, and I can't wow. think of a player to compare Marcus Smart to. I think he's unique, and what other players will be compared to at the end of the day? Um, can you like, Does a, a comparison come to mind at all with, with Dude, Marcus Smart? Any historic player there that sort of... I don't yeah. know, man. Like... The, the the regularity that he makes these plays on a not only a, like a game to game game basis, but you said like the charge that he took, right? Like he he stays with Powell, forces the kick out, and then flips and draws the charge. Yeah. That like it's one of five plays in one game that are just you know the plays of some players' seasons and careers. Like I mean, you know, Pat Pat Bev wishes that he was on the same level as uh, Marcus Smart and and Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never rooted for a player that like just has a knack for 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 making these plays that just always lead to winning. And it's the most cliche thing. And as Celtics fans, we we know impact winning. We've been hearing it for Brad since he's been at the Celtics. But yeah, I mean, winning plays. Yeah, and I mean, like he doesn't do it the same way. And obviously, he hasn't had as many championships as Robert Horry, but some of the plays that he makes are just that mind-blowing at the end of games. The other <laughs> ones that, like, when you ask me that question, other things that popped in my mind from from Smart's career um, and from this season, the Kawhi save, like, in, in the at Staples Center, um, diving yeah. out of bounds, throws it back in, helps him force overtime. Um, and then the... The game that they won against the Cavs in, I think, was it the 2017 Conference Finals, like the IT season, um, where oh, the IT game. didn't play. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. seven for nine for three. So I <laughs> that think, was amazing. Yep. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't. I, I do you have a comparison for for historically or any or any otherwise? Well, yeah, the the big shot Bob thing is interesting. The Robert Horry. Uh, he's almost like the defensive inverse of Robert Horry, like Big Stop Bob or something. Yes. I feel like we need a good name for him <laughs> yes. if his name was Robert. Uh, Dennis Rodman <laughs> is, is maybe like the other obvious one just in True. terms of the t- tenacity and the reliability on the defensive end and the, the game-changing side of things. There's a, a user on that post, Epic Problem, who wrote, not a Celtic, but in a lot of ways, reminds me of Dan Marley, Thunder Dan, physically strong defensive specialist who incessantly scraps and dives for loose balls, but with some volume three-point shooting, slightly different brand of defense with with Marley sure. being from the 90s hand check era um but of a similar ilk i can't oh, say yeah. i watched a lot of thunder dan like at any point in my life have you does that comparison gonna, make sense i'm gonna to be you? honest that um that name meant very little to me um i'm, I'm definitely wasn't alive to uh, or conscious properly to understand to, to watch <laughs> yeah. to watch him and um doesn't seem to make it across across the twitter timeline too much that name no um, you don't hear a lot of thunder dan takes uh in, no, in the modern era no <laughs> Not yeah, I, I remember him from uh, NBA Jam, like when I was very yeah. little. But uh, I, yeah, I didn't watch a lot, so I'm gonna have to take this user's. Uh, I this was gonna word say, yeah, 
I'm going to have but, to go hop on some old YouTube highlights. And if he's anything like Marcus Smart, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. But the hand check here, I can't imagine Marcus Smart with the, like, being allowed to hand check. I would love to see that match oh. up on, like, MJ or something like that. I mean, be, yeah, uh, incredible. He's, <laughs> if he's locking people up now, I mean, oh, can you imagine a, an MJ to Marcus Smart? I mean, it basically, I guess, is the Gary Payton. He's the Gary Payton. I guess that maybe that maybe fits. We saw a little bit of that in the in the last dance and in the in the nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I would I would like to see a brand of basketball where Smart doesn't act doesn't flop as much as I I love him. It's just the, the Siakam um, where he's on the breakaway and he he drew the foul. It, it's it's an art. It's an art, and you got to respect it. But it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's definitely a lot easier to respect when he's playing for your team. I can't imagine yeah. how frustrating that must be for any other, you know, fans of any other oh, team to to observe on a regular basis, especially in a playoff series like this. Oh man! But thankfully, we had Carl Lowry on the other side, who is equally as ridiculous when it comes to flopping. So, both fan bases can't be can't be mad if you're cheering for Carl Lowry. You have to respect what Marcus Smart's doing. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, yeah. So back to game seven, the pace of this yes. game was really slow. Like it was such yes. a game seven and mm-hmm. just completely segmented by single possessions. The Celtics go up double digits early and, and it looks like they're in control. Then the Raptors strike back and suddenly they're in control. And then it's this just series of counter punches back and forth until the end of the game. And then at the end of it all, emerging out of this dust cloud is Jason motherfucking Tatum. Jason. Who, like, we've got to talk about it, right? Like, it was a real captain's knock for Jason Tatum again. Like, 29-12, 7, 4 threes, 10 free throw attempts, just, like, yeah. chipping away all game and emerges victorious. It was just a classic vintage Tatum game, I think we can call it now. I fucking love Jason Tatum. <laughs> I'm dude. glad. Like, oh, my. And, yeah, stealing a block, the... The twelve rebounds, I, I think. I think I saw a stat where he's at least in the top three East playoff rebound leaders. Like, right. people okay. get so caught up in his scoring, and maybe he has a five or fifteen night. But I mean, this is obviously when it all comes together, and he has twenty nine as well. But if he's not shooting well, he's gonna he's gonna get you double digit rebounds in the playoffs and play elite defense. And he's just figured out that how to play make in the middle of the uh, what's it, the second round. Mm-hmm. Like I think all year we kind of wanted him to kind of showcase a little bit more of that playmaking, and he just unlocked the the corner skip passes and wraparound passes and alley oops in the middle of this series. Like he, he every game he just seems to get a little bit better and unlocks another little level. And I think Game Seven was like a culmination of not only the series but his whole season where. The beginning of the season was a, a lot of inefficient nights. He's working on this little floater, and then he all of a sudden has a step back three that is one of the most unstoppable weapons in all of the NBA. And he gets to game seven, and I wasn't perfect. I mean, it was never going to be perfect in against his Raptors team, but he was so so steady. Like you said, the ten free throws. I I, I kind of thought he missed more than three like seven of ten i was I know, actually right? kind of surprised <laughs> dude the 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 seven of ten like he just grinded it out like it's just mm. against his raptors team where every year you either got og or siakam or fed ram vito larry on you at, at all times just to get to get 29 in a game where only 92 points are scored 
Awesome. Mm. Yeah, it was just gutsy. Like, yeah, you're right. He just he just grounded out, is grinded, grounded out. I don't know. Yeah, he just stuck <laughs> with it and and got it done. The seven assists as well is is huge. And like you mentioned, those skip passes and a little bit. You know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. That Raptors defense, uh, when it wasn't sort of box and wanting Kemba out of this game, was then like their second. Um, like objective was to collapse on, on Tatum and, and take him out of his stuff. And yeah, he did a really good job of kind of going, okay, like they're giving me looks here as far as the passing game is concerned. And I feel like this has really unveiled this new element to his game. And I know he coughed up a lot of turnovers throughout the series and even in game seven as well. But for the most oh, part, yeah. I'm starting to feel like he's like reliable a little bit. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. I think... I think it might be a little bit different in the Heat series, but I mean, the way that they were guarding Kemba with the box and one... Man, Nick Nurse, I mean, so respect to everybody on this Raptors team, but he, the mm-hmm. way that he just throws different defenses through in one game and to have a box and one and then double team Tatum, we kind of just, kind of just needed Tatum to, to figure it out. And that was kind of, that was kind of our, our only option. And, yeah. and he did. And he's just, he's just built for, for playoff basketball, you know, like he's that, that six, nine, and insane length. He's going to be able to get his shots off. The turnovers are are a problem, and obviously, I would say probably his number one thing that he needs to work on in the off season is tightening the handle. Mm-hmm. But the Raptors make it so tricky with Fred and Kyle. Like they're so little, and but they're also so solid, and they can get up into him and just. I mean, yeah, you kind of like said it without the the Jason Tatum dribble it off his foot we don't actually get the Marcus Smart uh chase down block and that happened a lot in game in game six as well but mm-hmm. it was kind of the only way we could get anything going was just Tatum he crossed over Siakam to get to the rim a couple of fadeaways that didn't go in but you're like I'm happy with those shots right now it's not we're not going to be able to get much else here um and he just consistently played when well, he played 44 minutes in in game seven, even mm-hmm. in the blowouts, I was just having a look through the box scores again, 36 and 37 minutes in, you know, 15, 20 point blowouts. He's just effortlessly able to clock 40 plus. Whereas it just looks like other guys struggled to, to consistently do that, but he just built the ball, man. That's all I can say. Totally. Yeah. Great assessment. I think uh, he does yeah. have this like the silky smooth, <laughs> element to his game and i guess maybe it's a little bit less like energy consuming than like Mm. a guy like marcus smart or jalen who are kind of going balls to the wall the whole time Mm. um i don't know he's doing it well though that's the main thing it makes sense that smart can't play 40 plus because he just plays at 150 percent energy usage the whole time um but yeah no jalen brown yeah although i feel like I feel like, yeah, Smart would play 48 minutes a game if, if it was allowed by the coaching yeah. staff. Um, thankfully, it's not, though, and now he's healthy and, yeah. and you know, somewhat yeah. rested for going into this Heat series. <laughs> um, Jalen Brown, uh, I want to start with another post from a user, Sportsball is fun. They posted Jalen Brown's stats for the last three games against Toronto. I feel like Jalen, last three games went under the radar with how good he played. He averaged 26.3 10 rebounds and 1.3, I'm guessing that's assists, maybe steals, on shooting splits of 48, 30, and 90, which is insane. Like, he did have some cold stretches, right? Um, how Has your um, opinion on Jalen Brown like, sort of uh, evolved throughout this series at all? Man, Jalen, so much, again, respect and to kind of bounce back from the game three. I mean, you can, you can say whoever's fault it was, but it's 
it seemed pretty clear that, you know, Jalen kind of let that OG shot happen. And in game four, he was out of control. It was kind yeah. of, you could tell Jalen was, was in his head. It's very obvious when Jalen's not playing free. Mm-hmm. And so he has those two really tough moments and then bad game four. But then, you know, he takes 30 shots in, in was, it, was it game six where he took 30 shots? But where just Kemba and Tatum couldn't get anything going and we just, and he yeah. was the only one that could, that could get it going. Um, he really showed me how mentally tough he is while he, his mentality sometimes, like he says, he overthinks the game and, and sometimes stuff like that. But for him to rally from those moments and be so, st- so steady, through kind of five, six, seven, and in game seven, massive again. Like, yeah, those splits are are really good. Um, and then to shut down who was arguably the Raptors' best player coming into the series was, okay, is it Siakam or Tatum? And after the series, Siakam, bit, like, I mean... Mild P, as they call geez, it now. <laughs> yeah, I, ICP, like, the, the, it's been a tough, rough playoffs for the, for the P's. It is, yeah. It's a bad time to be a P-oriented name player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, on the Siakam defense, the the highlight lord, Timmy, uh, big on YouTube, yes. also on Celtics Reddit, he made a tweet, Siakam against Jalen Brown this series, 38 minutes, 43 points on 19 of 43 shooting, including 2 of 12 from the three-point line, and just 5 free throws attempted, which is insane given the amount of post-up attempts made by... Siakam, which a little mm-hmm. bit it highlights the definition of, of insanity, and I'm going to mess this up. This isn't verbatim, but like just the re- repeated attempts resulting in failure and just keep going yes. at it, including into Game 7 as well. It's insane. But uh, Jalen Brown and going into uh, the series against the Heat, who are, have a litany of powerful wing players, um, that's that's a really good sign for us that he was able to shut Siakam down as oh, he did. I think it's, it's awesome and bodes really well going into the next series. I think... It was a bit of a wake-up call for Siakam and Raptors fans. Like, I have a couple of friends, one living in Canada and a Canadian here, who uh, we placed a little wager going into the series, and they're talking up Siakam. I'm like, dude, I I just don't see it in the half court. He's got the spin move, um, but in these series, you get to know the other players so well, and I think that's you know we touched on on Tatum figuring stuff out and being able to alternate what he's doing. Siakam doesn't have that at all. You said the insanity thing, it's either spin moves or, or back downs, and that, that that was it, and none of it was working, and there was no other option for, for him to go to. So credit to Jalen for that, but at the same time, uh, Spicy P has a, has a fair bit to, to work on. Yeah, absolutely. I wish I could remember the, uh, what's the like the name of the scale of of, of chili spiciness. Um, oh, yeah, I'm gonna completely no. mess this up. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's been knocked out a few pegs on that scale. Yeah. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, he's mild, yeah. mild. When you go to Mad Mex and they ask you whatever spicy sauce you want, he's getting the mild spicy. Yeah, he's like ki- kids menu mild. <laughs> yeah, exactly um, right. Sticking with the the user comments here for Jalen Brown, like Celtics Reddit was just buzzing, obviously, after this mm-hmm. Game 7 victory. It's a lot of content, um, and I can be lazy and not come up with my own takes. This is Perfect. the user, King of Pants. Uh, so Jalen <laughs> Brown, they say, also clamped Harris and Horford, Tobias Harris and Al Horford in the previous round. It's qu- quickly becoming a running theme that the opponents getting roasted the most for playoff struggles also happen to be the guys we're throwing Jalen Brown at. will be interesting to see if he can go and make an example of anyone like that in, in Miami. That's yeah. a that's a really good point. Yes, <laughs> well observed. Thank you, King of Pants. Really, really well observed. Um, I'm really hopeful, and I expect 
Jimmy uh, Jalen to be on Jimmy. If if Jimmy Butler can be Jalen Brown's next victim, I mean Celtics in four. If that's <laughs> sure. if, if that's the case, um, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, yeah, what better? He's just kind of it's like slowly leveling up, leveling up the boss boss levels that he's having to take down, like <laughs> yeah. Harris, Harris and Horford. Definitely level one. Siakam. Yeah, exactly. And Jimmy Butler, I mean, not the final boss because I think Le- Le- LeBron or Kawhi might end up being the final boss here. But I don't see why we can't get through the, the next level here. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jalen Brown, hopefully, defensively yeah. at least, is going to carry us through that. Um, exactly right. So just, I guess, to wrap up game seven and, and the series in general yes. this question comes from the photogenic potato they ask are the raptors the best team the celtics have eliminated in the playoffs since their last finals appearance in 2010 um, this i th- i mean definitely of the brad the brad stevens era mm-hmm. um yeah because i mean the the sixes feel or like the when we eliminated them in five um before we went to the conference finals, that that felt like a really big moment for for the Celtics. Um, but yeah, I, I think it. I mean, it has to be. I think yeah, at the defending champs. Yeah. To seven. I mean, who else has there been? The the Pacers, the the Buck, the the Bucks pre pre Bulldozer. Um, who was who was the coach's name that year? I know Sam Jam Packard called him Smithers. <laughs> yeah, that's how Smithers. I picture him in my mind. Yeah, uh, um, Bucks coach. I'm, I'm running um, to the I'm, Google machine now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but twenty then, what? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. So and like they went to seven against against them. Um, locked out the Sixers. Pacers not a big deal. And obviously yeah. they got crushed by the Bucks. Josh Pronti. That's right. Pronti. Yeah, there you go. Thank Smithers you, Google. is better. Thank you, Google. Always coming through. <laughs> uh, what do you think? I, th- I mean, definitely post um, post Big Three era. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. I think that he kind of listed um, he or she in their post. Um, yeah. And it's not a very impressive list of teams. So I think 2020 <laughs> Raptors definitely takes the cake there. Maybe 2017 Wizards is the one that jumps off the page there. You know, it was that mm. epic Isaiah Thomas-led series there. Um, after knocking right. off the, the Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler Bulls, the series before. Um, I think that is a close second, but this Raptors yeah. team, you know, given their championship pedigree, albeit without Kawhi, Nick Nurse with his crouching in the corner strategies and everything, I think this is probably... That the, made me you know, so mad. That, I know, made right? me, that made me so so mad. And, I, and I'm so glad I can look back on that with, like, happy laughing feelings yeah. as opposed to fury. But... <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah, it's got yeah. There's not a lot of top top level teams that we've knocked out. As, as, as awesome as it has been to have gone to the conference finals, two mm-hmm. of the last um, four or three of the last four years now, there hasn't been a lot of elite talent we've locked knocked off. Don't forget the Kelly Olynyk was game seven game to to put the nail in the coffin. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll um, get to in a, in a yeah, little bit. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to them. We'll get to him for sure. I do want to get to Kemba Walker in a second because yeah. I do think that he uh, segues nicely into sort of the heat predictions and the look ahead to that side of things because I do feel like that will be the most notable difference in what we're uh, allowed offensively. Um, but before we do that, are there any other notable moments from Game 7 or the series at all that sort of spring to mind mm-hmm. that you're sort of sticking in the, the mental scrapbook there? Yeah, I think we have to mention Grant Williams. Like, he, <laughs> he comes in... 
Tice is in the war on Tice. I feel like we started to win. We started to gain some ground back yeah. on, in the War of Tice this series. We're storming the beach. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely. Yeah, the the, the people are talking about it, um, but he has to. Grant has to come in. the The Raptors have gone small again, and not only does Grant get that offensive rebound and foul Larry out. I mean, he misses those free throws, but I almost. I just like I, I just kind of knew he was going to miss those. I, I was like really hoping he made one, but I, I just how can you expect Grant, who's barely played this whole game, to come in in Game Seven and knock them down? Um, yeah, he, but the clutch, he, yeah. He claimed to be calm afterwards in the post game <laughs> interview, but like looking at him, like he was no. shitting his pants. Like <laughs> yeah. as, as like as you could expect, right? He's a rookie. It's a Game Seven, huge, like you know, uh, a lot on the line there, and um, yeah, completely understandably, like you say, Jake, he uh, he missed the free throws, but it did give birth to that epic Jalen Brown moment to sort of cap off his captain's knock there. So all's well that ends well. Yeah, exactly. And he and he defended Van Vliet perfectly on the ensuing possessions um, and did a yeah, couple of other good possessions on Siakam. And, yeah, I think that we got to shout out Grant because he, he kind of saved us. It, it needed, we needed Tatum to save Grant, but we needed Grant to save us first. So, yeah. yeah. Shades <laughs> of, of Kevin Love on Steph Curry at the end of that Game yes. 7 in the 2016 yes. Finals. Just in, like a big man, power forward, I guess you could say. Not that we play with positions. Locking mm-hmm. down a little guy, you know, tipping the tipping the shot there. And uh, I guess uh, to some degree saving the series there for, for the Celtics. So yes. really good to see. The, the one other moment I would point to, you know, obviously there are quite a few, but we've got limited time. Of course. The, the Jalen Brown just yam on OG oh. Ananobi's head where he just, you know, didn't have a running jump, right? Like, Dude. you see that background on my phone, um, and yes. it will be for a while until something more amazing <laughs> happens. But um, that was just such an epic highlight. I just, I, I could not believe that. I was, you know, leaping out of my couch at the, at the time. And um, Yes. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> Dude, Jalen's accumulating an incredible kind of uh, poster Rolodex. collection. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, that was... That was awesome, and they kind of used him like in a transition pick and roll, and then he just, yeah, on an Ananobi, and anything that happened bad to Ananobi, kind of, I needed that to happen after the Game 3 situation, so yeah. I'm glad that we, that we got that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was after that shot as well, so yeah. I, I don't think that's a coincidence that Jalen Brown kind of decided to, to you know, yam it on him on his exactly face right. at the Just moment. Just take his soul, 100%. <laughs> now, I've intentionally saved Kemba till last because, like I said, I think he segues nicely into the discussion for the Heat series. So, mm-hmm. uh, simple question with maybe a complicated answer. Did mm. Kemba Walker have a good series against the Raptors? Because <laughs> the, the, the easy answer is no, right? I think it's yes and no. I don't. I don't think you had a bad series. Um, I mean, like you, it, you have to want more. Obviously, five points in game six by playing fifty minutes, and then even though we ended up ended up with fourteen, like there were some rough Kemba moments, kind of um, throughout that. Like he missed two free throws, um, really struggled to get it going. Um, but like they were playing a box and one on him, there wasn't a lot that he could do. I exactly. felt like, and 
and I think, I mean, we'll get you kind of going into it. You'll have more success. But I think that um, the last games overshadowed how well he played earlier in the series. Like, he had 29 points in Game 5. Um, and then in Game 3, he had the perfect play, set Tice up. I mean, if Ty, it's, it's, it's really, really on Tice. If Tice would just taken 0.3 seconds longer to put it in, then we, <laughs> Kemba would just up. be a hero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just Kemba would be a hero. Like, he had the, the, the series clinching shot by just 0.5 too much time. Um, yeah. Like I think I think he had a good series, but the, the Raptors figured him out and knew that if he gets cooking, the Celtics are really, really hard to stop. So Nick Nurse, give him credit. Yeah. Like, shut him down. Do, do you feel like we've learned something new about Kemba throughout the course of this series? Like not so much as a player, but more so just clarity on how he influences the team's chemistry overall? Yes. Yes, I think um, the, the 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 appreciation that he has for his teammates and the willingness to take a step back is awesome. Um, the the post game press conference, I always kind of, I like watching the elimination full press conferences because you get a lot of emotion, especially when it goes to Game Seven um, from both teams. But Kemba is just so appreciated he's like i love my teammates they they grant like the the pass that he threw to grant where he drew the um drew the foul um talking about how much grant saved him and his teammates saved him and like it's hard i wish that they didn't do the press conferences with their masks on because you you miss out on seeing that emotion but it felt like he was about to cry and it was making me about to cry uh how just how appreciative as he of you as he was of the of Jalen and Jason and the team and um and how important he's been for their development. You can just tell when they talk about Kemba man, like Jalen's talking about how I'll do anything for him because he yeah. is doing he knows what's gonna be good for me and believes what he's doing is good for me. Um I love him so much. Yeah, it makes such a difference. Like take away all the the Uncle Drew, you know, razzmatazz and, and the flashiness and just give me Campbell Walker's smile, which you're right. You shouldn't cover up. It's like covering up Al Horford's eyes or something. It just it should never be done. The world should be seeing those at all points. <laughs> seriously, it's the best smile in the world and it needs to be free. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, like, so thinking ahead to the Heat series, well, mm-hmm. first of all, I completely agree with the, the box N1 um, mm-hmm. take there. And they're like, what, what the hell is he supposed to do? Like, they were completely Dude. stifling him. And, and fortunately, we've got a, a, a beefy enough roster for him to be able to pass it out and uh, and us to to capitalize on on that defense there. But um, Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he, it, statistically, obviously, he had a bad series. But yeah, what, what's he supposed to do in that situation? Yeah, I, I just think it's so hard to look at stats like in the you have to have the context of this rock fight of a series like Nick Nurse's coach of the year they won the championship last year they're I think the best defense in the league I think maybe I'm a little bit biased now that I've watched them for a whole series but um they don't have a single weak link other than I guess Marcus Gasol but even that he's a he's an ex-defensive player of the year mm-hmm. and he knows where to be and there's something we're able to take advantage of old Marcus Gasol but they like when especially once they went small it was for for Kemba to get past some of these dudes um was so tough but he still had some awesome moments through through the series like we had cardiac Kemba earlier in this in the series in game two forget two, I think, but, yeah. yeah 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 and so yeah I think if you think Kemba had a bad series uh you're wrong I agree. Completely agree. <laughs> yes. I'm glad Excellent. we're on the same page there. So, yes. like, thinking ahead to that Heat series, 
one of the more notable differences uh, is going to be the difference between how the Raptors guarded Kemba and how the Heat might guard Kemba. What do you think will be like some of the, the more obvious differences there right off the bat in terms of what Kemba Walker is allowed to do? Yeah, I think... It just, I mean, Goran Dragic is their starting point guard, and he's just—he's not known for his for his defense. Um, so I think Kemba right away is going to have so much more freedom um, to to just do what he does. Um, and I guess maybe they they can try and go back to the box and one stuff, but um, these guys have a lot of a lot more weak links. I think the Raptors can can play where they have n- none, but Dragic. Not an elite defender, hero, weak link. Robinson, relatively weak link. Kelly Olynyk, we love him. Not a not an elite defender, and Kemba could just destroy him in these situations. But no matter who got Kemba got switched on, like Abaka was the best option, and he did get some success there sometimes. But when they went small, it's there's just no easy easy options for him. Sure, but but now, yeah, I think even it's that's far four hero Robinson, Dragic, Kelly Olynyk, none. All do, and then even Crowder or Iguodala, they're they're bigger, slower. Like they're definitely good defenders, but against someone like Kemba, I think he can. I think he can have a lot more success. Yeah, he kind of he stands out from every other player in the series, just with his agility and ability to to get to his spots. And yeah, those those players you mentioned on the Heat, there like uh, sorry, as a plane flies over my house, uh, yeah. Crowder and Iguodala, um, they're great wing defenders on other wings. But like I think Cam is going to have them on skates a little bit, so that's going to be really good to see. I, I I want that for him as well. We talked about how much we love the guy. Like I want mm-hmm. like let him run free. It's like let the horses out of the paddock and let them gallop off into yes. the sunset. Like I, I want Cam to. to to run free again so i'm excited to see that um in terms of the other end of the floor the raptors we know were really good in transition all season like i think they averaged i've got it right here they averaged 27.8 points per game in transition wow. this season good for first in the league and mm-hmm. uh on an average of 24.2 possessions per game so lots of transition every game for the raptors including the postseason mm-hmm. so what to expect difference wise with the heat so on the other hand, just 13% of their offense occurs in transition. So they're way yeah. better at their half-court offense. And a huge chunk of that is pick and roll and dribble handoffs. And the Heat mm-hmm. actually led the league in dribble handoffs all season and so far in the bubble. But the Celtics actually have the third best pick and roll and dribble handoff defense in the bubble so far. So you could say that we're equipped for it. Um, so prediction-wise, Jake, like with that said and, and what you know about both teams, are you are you confident for the Celtics going into this series? Man, I started off really confident. I'm I've temp- I'm I still think the Celtics are going to win, mm-hmm. but I I've kind of flipped from thinking we it will be easier than the Raptors series to it's going to be another 6 or 7 game war. Um the the heat are just again they're gonna be they're so tough even when you're led by Jimmy and, and Adebayo but those dribble handoffs and and pick and rolls it's gonna be inter- it's interesting to see how we deal with Bam I know in the in the bubble game he kind of ate the Celtics alive I forget mm-hmm. what the numbers were but did he shoot like 18 free throws or something like that I wouldn't be surprised um, yeah yeah <laughs> it was it was kind of something ridiculous um, and so. And the dribble handoff game he has with Duncan Robinson on the on the on the pull up threes and stuff, it's it's really effective. But I do think that the Celtics have the personnel to switch pretty much everything. And then 
And then if you're a Heat fan, you're like, oh, but then we'll just we'll hunt Kemba out and get the triple handoff switch onto Kemba, but which I, which will definitely happen. But the Celtics, I think, have got to be one of the best in the league at those scrams where um, scram switch, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the switch happens, and then Jalen's right there, Tatum's right there, um, and Kemba's back out to Dragic or or whoever. Um, I think I think that the Celtics have the best defense left in the bubble. Um, I thought it was the Raptors, and now I think it's the Celtics. And I think they can handle that stuff. The Celtics just aren't going to beat themselves. I mean, there are definitely we had some turnover problems towards the end of Game Six for sure, um, and a little bit at the end of Game Seven. But for the most part, um, this defense has just gotten better and better through the season, mm-hmm. and. And yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see if it was kind of a Raptors half-court offense or a or the Celtics being incredible on defense thing. I think it maybe was a little bit of both, but I think more the Celtics being really good on defense. I don't know. How do you how do you see the Celtics defense going against kind of Bam and and Jimmy? Yeah, well, that was my next question. Like, for so with Bam Adebayo, <laughs> he's he's faced, um, I guess. Miles Turner in the first round, uh, <clears throat> and then the second round, Brook Lopez, two much taller, um, <clears throat> maybe more popular centers than uh, than Danny T. Do you think he looks at at the tape of of Daniel Tyson is kind of like rubbing his hands together and, and licking his lips as, as far as like how he can uh, take advantage of that matchup? Because that worries me. Yeah, look, Bam is the one who scares me the most in this series, without a doubt. Um, mm-hmm. Like. He he's just a monster. He kind of made he made Giannis look uh, weak on a couple of possessions in that series before Giannis was injured, which is pretty scary. Um, if he if you can make Giannis look weak, uh, it, it kind of scares me a little bit for Tice. But at the same time, I think a lot of people lick their lips uh, when they're going into a game with Tice. I know Embiid definitely does, but he's a really smart defender. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's he's got to be one of the most underrated players in the league at this point. Um, yeah, he actually absolutely. is really good at protecting the paint. And I think that that bubble game, while Bam dominated him, I think that he can hang with with Bam. Like he obviously, ever, you're never going to not struggle with Embiid, but he really battled him Embiid, who's bigger than Bam. And I think that that series, if if they try and back Bam down against Tice that we have those reps against Embiid to do those cheeky double teams. Bam's a better passer than Embiid, but I kind of I kind of trust Tice just enough. I, I, I Bam's going to eat. I have no doubt, but I don't think it's going to be a, a bloodbath. No, yeah, I mean, I hope you're right that the idea of Bam <laughs> Adebayo kind of freaking terrifies me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that the Celtics are well-equipped to do well defensively against the Miami Heat, um, especially like compared to the Bucks, right? So there's obviously Giannis, tall, lengthy wing. Um, and then it, it kind of drops off from there a little bit um, mm-hmm. in terms of at least competent, tall, lengthy wing players that they have that they can throw out, um, you know, the Jimmy Butlers and, and Jay Crowders and Iguodala's uh, of the Heat. I, I do feel like we match up well against them. And yeah, like Kemba is the weak point of our defense and teams will attack that. But he's actually really good at running through screens and getting a hand in the face of perimeter shooters, of which the mm-hmm. Heat have many, with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robertson uh, and guys of, of that uh, ilk. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like we match up really well against them, and I didn't even use like Marcus Smart's name in saying mm-hmm. that. Uh, he's obviously an ace up the sleeve as well. So, um, I guess 
Jimmy Butler kind of terrifies me, and a lot of people are predicting that it will go six or seven. And in that kind of game seven pace, which we talked about um, mm-hmm. in that game seven against the Raptors, where like it's just segmented by possessions, and it's like just dudes walking the ball up the floor, and like this single possession is a game mm-hmm. uh, in itself. Jimmy Butler. Uh, excels in that environment, I think, yeah, and under those circumstances, and that terrifies me a little bit. So um, I hope that we can keep ourselves out of that situation against uh, Jimmy Buckets. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I, it's difficult for me to make a, a like a solid prediction, you know, with like um, a well thought out, data driven decision or whatever, because sure. it's a very emotional experience for all of us, as I'm sure you uh, you agree. Um, yes. But a lot of the pundits out there do seem to be picking the Celtics, which um, which makes me feel good, I guess. Yes, it does make you feel good when you see people picking your team. Like I, there was one, like the ESPN release, who picks who, and I think it was actually eleven Heat, ten Celtics. And like I'm reading all their names, and um, I'll like recognize a name, and I'll see Celtics. I'm like, yeah, I've always liked that guy. And then it gets to the next guy, Heat, Heat and Seven. I've, oh, I've never liked her work at all. <laughs> yeah, she's never know what she's talking about. Yep, yep, for sure. But um, just you said like you're scared of that. Um, if it gets into kind of that half court, half court, I actually think that that is a still a fine place for us to be. I trust, I trust Jalen the to to handle Jimmy Butler, and then now Tatum gets to go against Jimmy Butler. Obviously, elite crowd are really good. Iguodala really good, but I think he just does a lot better against bigger dudes. Like Van Vliet and Lowry were so good at getting the ball away from him. And then in mm-hmm. game seven, there were a couple of possessions where Tatum was on uh, Siakam and he was able to get to the rim because Siakam wasn't as small and able to kind of flick the ball away from him. So I think that's actually a, such a good sign for Tatum. I think he's going to have a lot more success. And we finally saw him taking more three-pointers in the end of six and definitely in game seven, uh-huh. which he kind of lost in that Raptors series, but I think it was because of how good Lowry and Van Vliet were and Ananobi. Oh, geez. Awesome. Um, and with those guys, I think those guys are just like, Ananobi is the best, would be the best defender on the heat. Um, and I think that mm-hmm. as good as Jimmy Butler is, I think Tatum's going to enjoy more success. So I actually kind of like it in that half court situation too. Okay, cool. Well, look, uh, I, I I hope you're right because uh, I, I want to see us succeed. <laughs> I want to see us go. It's crazy to me that um, one of either the Celtics or the Heat will go to the finals at this point. Like, if you told me that at the beginning of the, of the season, I would have had just like completely discredited you. So, um, yes, amazing. Uh, we haven't talked about Gordon Haywood yet. We're almost out of time here. But if Gordon sure. Haywood comes back, is he starting or is he coming off the bench behind Marcus Smart? Um, I would personally bring him off the bench. Um, I think that one, you just don't want to fuck with the vibes now. I mm, think we've, totally. we've created this little system here. And the other thing, I just love Marcus smart starting, um, in this situation because he just has that intense energy straight from the get go. Like how many times did the Celtics fall into 15, 20 point holes, even to, to teams because as much as, as good as Jalen Tatum and Gordon are, none of them are really, really high emotion dudes. Marcus Smart is just brings that and I think you kinda I want that at the beginning of every game. I don't want to have to be like call it early timeout or down ten to two or eight to zero. I just want to just I want to be down at mo- like four points. I hate being down twelve points <laughs> for what felt like every game for a while there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know I think bringing him off the bench is the right way to go about it, at least for this series and uh 
you know, if we do progress, uh, which would be nice, then maybe then you can start to think about integrating him, mm-hmm. you know, based on matchups going into the into the finals. If you are lucky enough to get there. But um, Marcus exactly. Smart's just on a roll, like, and yeah. you can never have too much of a good thing in that sense. So just, you know, don't overthink it. Just keep going. That would be my opinion. Yeah. But, but Brad Stevens is a, a much wiser man than both that's, of us. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But I know, like, Dragic has been made top three most important players, if not the most important. And so if you start Smart, you can just put him on Dragic straight away. Yeah. And neutralize. I think that, yeah, done. He's going to score zero points for the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. So, nice. Perfect. Um, so I guess the the final matchup there to look at between the Heat and the Celtics is the the coaching matchup. We just saw yeah. an epic chess battle between Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens. Um, like for me, there's this handful of coaches in the league where when I think about it, it's like you zoom out from the court and it's actually in a crystal ball, and there are these like coaches like rubbing their hands, like sort of peering <laughs> down into it. These coaches with like this infinite level of wisdom. Yes. And Eric Spolstra like fits that description. Like he's one of the few coaches that that fit the bill there. Uh, obviously, Brad. Stevens is that as well. Um, I guess the best way to ask this question is how much fear is, is stricken in your heart knowing that Brad Stevens is about to go up uh, against Eric Spolstra? It doesn't strike fear. I Maybe think, that's not God, the best way to ask that question. No, 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 no you're right. Because I think if, if we hadn't had to go through Nurse, then I would be scared. Mm-hmm. Like if we had had to go through Coach Bud, um, I would be like, you're right, we haven't faced a, a good playoff coach yet. Um, but going through Nurse, who's willing to change everything that he's doing from quarter to quarter and game to game, um, I, I, just, I don't know how much better Spo is than Nurse. Or I think, and, and I hold Stevens. I, again, Stevens has gone through the Nick Nurse boss level mode, and now he's on to Spolstra, and I think he's right there with his in-game adjustments. He'll just put Joe Green in. And he'll flip the series. Yeah. Anything. I, I trust Brad. I trust Brad. Um, I think the coaching matchup is pretty even, but obviously that's part of the reason why the Heat are here. Yeah. And look, Brad Stevens, first coach uh, of the first team to eliminate a Nick Nurse team from the playoffs. So uh, if that doesn't bode well, then uh, I don't that's know what right. does. All right. That is going to do it for this one. Jake, thank you so much for coming on. I know it was very late notice. Um, so can you tell the people where they can find you and about the Backdoor Cuts podcast? Mate, my pleasure. Um, it is the at Backdoor Cut on Twitter and at Jake Eisenberg on Twitter for me. But you can find Backdoor Cut on yeah all your podcast apps, Spotify, Apple. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me, dude. The the Aussie podcast crossover has finally happened. Finally, right? Yeah, yeah. it felt inevitable, like you said. So I'm glad we finally found the time to do it. Um, if you're listening and you like Aussie Hoops podcasts, definitely go out and check uh, out the Backdoor Cuts podcast. Like I said, I'm a fan. I listen to every episode. Um, so it was a pleasure to have you on, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Okay, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals right around the corner. Celtics heat. Can't wait. Until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Hiking in the sun, the happiness that you mourn. You know the kids still dance, so we supply all the songs. If I'm wrong, you hit the Superman like Soldier at War. You grew your hair.